This episode of the Skift podcast features a discussion from a recent online Skift event. To join us and learn more about future Skift events, visit live.skift.com. And now, please welcome the co-founder and chairman of Intrepid, Daryl Wade, in conversation with Skift founder and CEO, Rafa Ali. All right. Uh, hey, folks. Uh, and Heisha, I hope you feel better. Um, just to clarify, we didn't force Heisha to do this. I know she's going through uh, COVID, just recovering the backstory. This is uh, true. This is what travel is today. She was supposed to be in an Alaska cruise right now this week. She and her family planning it for months. And she got her family got COVID a week ago. Royal Caribbean actually refunded her whole thing. So I do want to thank Royal Caribbean. She They refunded without even asking uh, too many questions. Um, so this is the new reality. When she decided, when she figured out that she can't be in the cruise, she said, I want to do this. And so uh, just for people who are watching, we didn't force her to do this. So thank you, Heisha, for going through it. So Daryl, uh, welcome. I know you are also traveling. This is the new world that all of us are traveling. All of us are getting sick. Everything is either being canceled or delayed, but people are still traveling. So it's kind of a nuts situation in travel. Is this the most nuts you've seen the travel industry in your <laughs> long, long career? That's a great intro question, Rafa. Is it the most nuts? Uh, yeah, I've, I've been in it for uh, you know, 30 plus years. And so I suppose I've seen seen a few disasters and, and nuts situations. But yes, look, reality is it is. It's uh, no one's seen anything like this. I don't think for 100 years we've seen anything like this. So, you know, I think it's coming out of it. But as you say, it's not an easy exit, is it? And it's, uh, you know, it's just a constant battle. Constant battle. Well, so the reason why I wanted to to do this interview with you, and well, thank you for your support of Skift over the years. What people do may or may not know is Daryl has been a longtime supporter of Skift. He's responsible for actually literally single-handedly kicking off a great side of our business, Skift Text, which is our content studio, started because Daryl said, I want to put out a report on experiential travel. Remember that in like <laughs> you've got a better memory than me. <laughs> yeah. 2013 or 14 or something like that. And he, and so the, that was the first time something clicked in our head and said, oh, I guess we got to create a content studio for requests like these. So thank you for- We probably long. should do another one. <laughs> we probably should do another one. James, who's probably watching your CEO <laughs> now. Hey, James. Uh, so the reason I wanted you to be on it is because you personally, as well as Intrepid as a company, has been at the forefront of thinking about whatever you want to call sustainability probably even before that term came in meaningful travel tour operators as a sector it seems like are one of the front lines of travel they're the ones who take people into communities into mm -hmm. um places and seem to have a the best understanding out of pretty much everybody else in the ecosystem on the effect of travel and travelers on communities and so from your perspective, having been through this, you are a B Corp, and we're going to talk about the B Corp as well in a second. I want to get your sense of so the progress and does it matter or not at this point after having gone through the process a couple of times now, um, maybe more than that at this point. Um, so why do you think tour, tour operators are at the front lines of sustainability, and what does that mean? Uh, look, Rafael, I think you've asked your answered your own question, really. I think it's because we are at the forefront, literally, in the physical sense. You know, as you say, we're, we're dealing in destinations, we're on the ground, we're talking to locals, we're 
um, face to face with communities and and those places that we go to quite often are, are delicate you know and speaking for intrepid you know we're often um, in fairly remote kind of areas in, in fragile communities and fragile environments and that's one of the reasons we go there and so as a result we're probably slightly more sensitive to changes and, and risks that um, perhaps you know if you're in the airline industry or the conventional hotel industry uh, you are so yeah I think we're literally just in the right place to be aware of it and and I think you know take something like climate change um, it really doesn't take a whole lot of imagination to realize that a lot of the places we go to are going to be um, extra impacted by climate change. You know, whether whether that's remote uh, hill stations or, or beaches or national parks or whatever, just that's where the impacts are going to probably be seen before the New York's, London, Shanghai's of the world. And so um, <coughs> for Intrepid as a company, you've been very outspoken about, uh, you personally are on the board of WTDC, I've talked about sustainability from there. Now you're on the board of Travelist, which is an initiative that um, Prince Harry and, and, and a bunch of travel companies, including yours, Booking and others, are part of as well. You're, you're very focused on sustainability um, targets and frameworks and data, et cetera, there as well. Yeah. Um, so give a sense of, of your personal involvement in this. Yeah, um, and I, I'm not quite sure why it ended up this way. <laughs> you know, it, uh, it, I guess um, you know, from the early days, we had a, a one particularly outspoken staff member, like this is kind of year two, year three of the company, um, who, who really kind of highlighted the impact we were having as a travel company. And that really started us thinking about it a lot more. And certainly, you know, kind of way before it was trendy to talk about it, we were kind of looking at how we could be better citizens in destinations and what kind of things had negative impacts um, on, our, on our role. And as time would go on, um, we, we got better at certain things, but certain things we didn't necessarily. And so so then we kind of got into the whole measurement phase and we just kind of realised that we needed to start to analyse where our impact was, both positive and negative, and what we could do about it. And you touched on B Corp before, but that's one of the real attractions to us because it kind of gives you an audit trail over sustainability so that you can start to really genuinely improve. You know, um, companies tend to be fairly competitive beasts. You know, we always want to beat last year's results. And sometimes that's beating last year's sales or profitability, but it can also beating your know, sustainability metrics. So, you know, if we've got a, um, a carbon issue, for instance, we really want to get that lower and it becomes a part of the company psyche almost to get that down. And so if you have, it's the old cliche, isn't it? If you're measuring it, you, you start to manage it. So uh, what, are you, um, what are you not satisfied with in the company's progression towards becoming more and more sustainable today? Well, look, the truth of the matter is, you know, any tour operator, and I definitely Intrepid can be included in this, um, we've got a long way to go. You know, our uh, gender diversity isn't as good as it should be. Our climate emissions, we still emit a lot of carbon. Yes, we're uh, uh, carbon, neg um, carbon negative, but climate zero. But if you look at it, we still emit, have emissions. And so we've got to get those emissions down. That's one of the, the great powers that, uh, Heisha was talking about earlier, uh, Science-Based Targets Initiative purely looks at what your emissions are. It doesn't care whether you offset or not. It looks at your actual emissions because emissions what count. And so by signing up to Science-Based Targets Initiative, you, you get that metric and then you start to uh, work out how to actually reduce it. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a great initiative. Um, in terms of um, con 
so many standards. Everybody's coming out with standards. Different countries have different rules. EU has a different rules. Your company is uh, headquartered in Australia. I'm guessing there are different rules there. Does the standards confusion um, hinder progress? Uh, yes and no. I, I think to a certain extent it hinders progress to the degree that it creates confusion. And so, you know, I suspect a, a lot of people on this call will be thinking, oh, gee, it all looks so hard. There's this, there's this. You know, some of the people on the call probably haven't even heard of science-based targets, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, oh, that's another standard. Um, well, the that's the negative. The positive is that there's some uh, clear methodology that if you go to certain things, uh, such as SBTI, and, and uh, link into that and work that through, that will then cascade down to a whole lot of other initiatives anyway. So if you get the right uh, kind of helicopter method, uh, and this again is where B Corp is quite good, uh, and Travelist also is creating a framework for it, then all sorts of other things come to that. So like in the context of Intrepid, um, you know, we're uh, signatories to about, probably about seven or eight different standards methodologies. But yeah. the reality is, if you do uh, two or three of them, after that, you, you're kind of 90% of the way on all of them. So, you know, it's just a matter of what you, you want to achieve. Um, do you, um, in terms of, uh, as a tour operator, you're just coming out of the pandemic. In fact, tour operators were probably the hardest hit out of all sectors in travel because your whole reason for existence is taking people cross border and, and borders were closed. Obviously, Australia just opening, well, is, is opened up now. New Zealand is just opening up. Um, there's an argument, or at least uh, you would think that people would push sustainability back a little bit because they're focused just on recovery today. Is that from your perch of having talking to a lot of CEOs and your 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 um, compatriots in different different industries, is that what you're seeing or you feel like there's seriousness in terms of intent and action? Yeah, look, it's pretty mixed. Um, that, that's my view on it anyway. I think on um, early on in the pandemic, I think there was a lot of noise about build back better and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I think some of it to be, you know, this sounds a bit cynical and, and not very nice, but some of it was just press releases and uh, embedded in the marketing department. And that's or maybe in the boardroom, which is arguably even worse. Um, and so that was pretty disappointing. Um, what I have seen, though, is that there's a significant number of companies and, you know, maybe it's a third or something like that, that really uh, went beyond that kind of rhetorical uh, flourish and, and really did drop down and said, OK, what are we going to do about that? And, uh, you know, that's been incredibly pleasing to see. And it's uh, it's sustainability is not necessarily easy. You know, it's heavy lifting to a degree, even just one aspect, which is, you know, climate change. There's quite a lot of work involved in measuring your emissions and working out a pathway to decarbonize. So, you know, we've got to, you know, throw people a bone to a certain extent. But the point is, it does need companies' engagement. So they've got to sign up to, um, you know, science-based targets or uh, travelers or whatever it is to, to really have that line in the sand and mm -hmm. then go through with their operating teams and their finance teams and all the rest of it to work out how they're going to uh, fulfill their commitments which they've signed up to. So, look, I, I really do honestly think there's a level of collaboration which I have never seen before, um, mm -hmm. and that's really positive. The negative on it, I reckon half of the companies, maybe even a little bit more, still have done nothing. And and Heisha kind of touched on this in her intro, which, by the way, I thought was outstanding. Um, 
and and you know really it's got to get a a, a more broad based approach at, at WTTC there's a good number of companies that talking in the right way there's a certain number of companies that are are really committing but there's not enough companies that are actually putting the rubber on the road and do you think um the collaboration between say companies and and governments and you i'm guessing at wttc level even a travelers level and even in your old level are working with governments is that collaboration i mean you know certainly no collaboration happened on covid even though there was so much intent on covid and medic and and vaccines and stuff i know you guys were uh, intrepid was at the forefront of vaccine equity as well um but not much collaboration happened even though there was lots of intent yeah and i i think covid i, I think you're 100% right um you know it's um if there was ever going to be a better reason to collaborate with government that would have been it surely um and and there was bits and pieces but when it all boils down every country did whatever they were going to do for themselves and i don't think any industry let alone travel was going to impact on that um so i think that's just the way it was i think sustainability is arguably slightly different uh whereby there's a if one it's longer term but secondly there is a genuine level of alignment a country on its own is not going to solve uh climate change it has to do it with all the relevant stakeholders so therefore it has to engage business um in that journey particularly and you know travel and tourism accounts for between 9 and 11% of total greenhouse gas emissions so it's a really big sector although we don't really behave like a big sector at times so um you know i i think that level of engagement is really critical going forward uh brian can you let me know how many minutes are left just in the chat here um so uh, let's move on to a very important uh which is the traveler intent versus traveler behavior this yeah. is what everybody's trying to figure out i know you have views on it um what's your sense i mean traveler intent is there but behavior today is not there and actually a related question which you and i discussed before in the pre-call was um does sustainability have to be more expensive yeah so first of all intent is there i mean i i think there's enough surveys on that um i keep referring to a um uh booking.com survey they're showing that uh, on the screen right now ah okay so on this one 73% us travelers uh on a global survey the booking data was 81% of travelers say that sustainability is important um 59% of travelers want to leave a place better than they found it you know that's a pretty amazing statistic now whether that drops down into actual behavior change and particularly you know at point of transaction that's a slightly different question um but i i've just had 3 weeks in norway which is a an interesting country and perhaps not a part of the real world in some senses uh yeah. but what's interesting i was at one particular um mini resort or large hotel and uh, and they were talking about how the percentage of business that they got has gone from a very much a minority of norwegian travelers to actually now a majority of norwegian travelers and that wasn't covid related it was sustainability related related so and mm-hmm. I, i'm seeing across scandinavia and and scandinavia is perhaps early on this cycle right. um but you know they really are actually acting on their intent now by traveling closer to home and knocking in in planes and you know I think many of us in the the industry have been slightly fearful that if we don't get our house in order people will start doing this and mm-hmm. you know they will stop flying they'll travel close to home and I can understand that particularly when it gets to comes to climate change however there's still enormous benefits of of the world of travel that brings in terms of peace dividends economic redistribution uh opportunities for people etc so 
you know, we've got to be a little bit careful, which makes me think that it's all the more urgent to get on to climate change, solving it so that people don't just say, you know what, that's uh, it's the new tobacco, it's the new oil, you know, I'm not mm -hmm. going to get in a plane because yeah. it's, it's, it's bad news. And right today, they're right, of course. Yeah. Um, we do have time for questions. So people, I, there are two questions already. If people have other questions, please uh, put in the chat on SpotMe, the, the platform you're watching it through. So a um, couple of questions, Daryl, I'll come. Um, actually, there are three questions now. But uh, So what, in your experience, are the best tools to analyze impact on destinations? Is there a balance between desktop analysis versus boots on the ground? Yeah, so look, um, I'm not an, uh, we're, we're an expert on destination impact in terms of our own specific footprint. Um, mm -hmm. But in terms of talking about it at a national footprint or a city-based footprint or whatever, you know, I'm, I'm not one to talk to. Okay, um, that's fine. You know, so I think I'll pass on that. There, there are, uh, destinations are hard, I should say, though. Destinations are one of the harder. Uh, aviation is kind of simple to the degree that you've got right. a plane. A, yeah. a city or a country is a complex beast. It's a complex, complex beast. Um, uh, the... The, and I'm sure maybe some of the other uh, speakers may have more answers to it, um, Brian, if you want to bring it up for other speakers uh, that are coming. Uh, what do you think is the biggest barrier to, com to companies investing more in sustainability? Um, I think it's as simple as complacency. You know, I, I think a lot of companies still just think, um, oh, look, someone else will work that or it's not, you know, for me here and now or I'm, I'm just trying to make the company profitable. You know, we've got to come out of this uh, COVID and all the rest of it. And so so they're just not actually thinking about it. And, and you know, this, to be honest, annoys the hell out of me because I just got to think, well, look, if you guys don't think about it, if we as participants don't think about it, then, you know, we have ex an existential crisis on our hands, particularly mm -hmm. climate change, but yeah. also other issues. And, and I think it's the role of every... CEO and every board, and to a certain extent, every staff member to start, and customer for that matter, um, to start banging the drum and just say, hey, hang on a sec, this is important. We've got to do something on this. And, and, and it starts at home, doesn't it? It starts, you know, literally in your house, but also in your own hotel or your own company, your own tour operator, your own airline, whatever mm -hmm. it is. And, and I just think, you know, if you don't um, stand up and, and own the issue, then sure, it'll just keep passing you by. The other thing I'd, I'd kind of like to say, though, is that a lot of sustainability conversations concentrates on the negative. You know, well, right. you know, there's, there's negative um, outsides and all the rest of it. There's also a really big positive. And, you know, on this one, I, I will talk about Intrepid. You know, Intrepid has grown, generally speaking, around 25% a year every year forever. Um, not the last two, obviously. But, and, and, you know, from now on, in fact, already we're looking like probably something like that again next year. So... You know, and we're, as you've said, we've been quite outspoken, be it on climate change or on gender or on COVID or, or whatever it is. And so it's not a zero-sum game. You know, you can mm -hmm. do both. You can really concentrate on these issues, be good citizens. And guess what? Your profitability kind of looks after itself. Your customers kind of like you for it. Your staff kind of like you for it. Your staff turnover is lower as a, as a result. Um, so there's a real lot of positives uh, that come out of tackling sustainability well. And you know, I, I look around and the companies that are doing well are also the companies that are growing. So, you know, I don't think that's just chance. Um, thank you. That was actually a very um, inspiring message. Um, are investors and you, you took investment in the pandemic from, uh, from this large um, investment firm in um, French-based uh, investment firm. Um, 
public investors? Are they asking questions from you when they're investing uh, about your sustainability targets, et cetera? Are they serious about it? Well, uh, yes, I think they are. Um, so, so we had a, a few different conversations with private equity firms and so forth, but the the uh, firm we actually went with is a private family business, uh, obviously a, a high net worth family. Um, but interestingly enough, we didn't seek them out, they sought us out. And the reason they sought us out was specifically because of our sustainability stance. So mm. I've had conversations with them since about and said, oh, you know, you want to look at this company or that company for other potential investments. And, and they're kind of saying, no, the only thing we're actually interested in is sustainable travel, renewable energy and education. That's its investment wow. mandate. Um, and, and so they knocked on our door and to be honest, I'd never heard of them. And, and I told our CFO to tell them to go away because I thought they were tire kickers mid-COVID. Turns out they weren't. Um, and, and in fact, they're utterly committed to uh, sustainability and see travel in that context. And, and so we got a, you know, to be honest, a really attractive um, valuation mm -hmm. um, purely off the back of our, our past history and, you know, our growth, obviously, but also what we do in sustainability. They wanted to get part of it. Um, I think we have time for maybe one more question. There are a bunch of questions coming. It looks like everybody's very engaged with what you're saying, uh, Daryl. Um, do you believe there's a difference between sustainability versus regeneration? There's a regenerative travel, which is leave it better than, I guess, leave it better than you uh, you you saw it type mentality. Is that possible? Uh, look, I, I think in a micro area, it is possible. You know, you look at some of the areas where they've regenerated um, farmlands into forest and then incorporated some sustainable tourism into that context. And it's, and, and it's great. You know, it's really good. I'm all for it. Um, where I get a little bit thing on the whole conversation is it's just, it can be another thing to confuse people. And, and I think, you know, I don't know whether it's sustainability or any other word you want to throw around, but mm -hmm. let's just stick to sustainability for the sake of the exercise. And then we all know kind of roughly what we mean. And, you know, sustainability can apply to everything from a hotel in a city to a plane to a cruise ship to a um, regenerative project you know so it's fine it's all it's all good as long as we know what we're talking about and moving forward and getting improvements uh i guess this last thing what is the biggest mistake you've made on making sustainability a fundamental part of your business model if you can think of a mistake. Uh, look, I think it, sustainability is like anything, isn't it? Any form of innovation, you know, for, 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 for three things you get right, you'll probably get two things wrong. Um, and, and that's just life, you know. So I think kind of say the, the issue for me is whether or not you're having a crack at it. You've got to have a go at sustainability. You won't get it all right. But if you use your brain, you do a bit of reading, you consult with some experts, you'll get most of it right. So, you know, never use, oh, we might get it wrong as a reason not to give it a go. So, um, you know, and, and to be honest, a little bit of reading, a little bit of thought, it's not that hard. Well, thank you, Daryl. That was, uh, that's a great point to read and a great point to leave it at. And please continue reading Skift because Daryl reads Skift and gets a lot of his ideas. I, I'm sure he can vouch for that part. Indeed, absolutely. And thank you again, Daryl, and hope to see you face-to-face -face soon. Look forward to it, Rafa. Cheers.